Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello, you're listening to the Never Strays Far podcast with me, Ned Bolting. And me, David Miller. This podcast is brought to you by your company, David, which is called... Chapter 3. Go and check it out at chapter3.com, that's C-H-P-T-3, and you'll learn all about it. I founded it in 2015. Excellent. And by The Roadbook, which is the definitive cycling almanac, available for the duration of uh, Paris-Nice, which we'll be podcasting from every day, with a discount code that allows you free shipping on all UK orders. Just go to the website and enter NSF2020 when you check out. It's a time trial day now. Energy, David. Energy. Come on. Come okay. On. This was your discipline. This is where you come to life. This is where you thrive. This is where you sparkle and shine, David. Bring time trialing to life for the podcast listeners. Come on. What the thing is, on these days, I don't really have much of a job to do, do I? I just sit here and kind of occasionally try and chip in and help, which I can't do because you said everything. <laughs> so I just sit here. It's like, I'm, I'm just... I asked you a question about gear ratios. And, you and, did? Yeah, about that was some, some, you somebody, up there. Somebody riding with a, a single chainring. Victor Campanats. There you go. A 54 I, it was. That seems really stupid because this course was so technical and it had a really hard hill at the beginning. It was actually, so yeah, so people, the listeners can get an idea. This was quite an unconventional Pyrenees time trial in the sense that it's little roads. It's almost like watching the end of a classic, uh, continuing that classic theme that we've had. And the uh, there weren't many surprises, were there? All the GC riders ended up finishing about 30, 35, 40 seconds off the fastest time. Yes. Apart from the yellow jersey, who was the best of the GC races. By a long, long, long <clears throat> way. By, by a long, by, long way. By over, well, we're still we're waiting for the official. <laughs> 1857 was his time that he posted. And um, I think the other, the best of the rest of the GC Racers were Julien Alaphilippe, Felix Grosschartner, who's of course his teammate, so you kind of take him out of the equation, and Dylan Turns, and they were all at 1927, so that's 30 seconds slower than Max Schachmann. Naira Quintana, 1942, um, and uh, Vincenzo Nivoli, 1944. So actually. Aguita did a good time. He did, but I didn't write it down. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> I think it was it 1937 or something. Yeah, I think uh, I'm so. Just strong, uh, let me get that because that's actually quite important fact. Yes, 1937. So he was 10 seconds slower than Alaphilippe, but he was five seconds. Is that right? Yes, faster than Naira Quintana and seven seconds faster than Vincenzo Nibali. So actually, everyone's kind of par. It's clustered, isn't it? Everyone's yeah. par. Yeah. Except Pos Alpino, we haven't talked about. Where did he finish? What time did he do, Dave? Yeah, yeah, he was actually quite disappointing. So you, this is the sort of time trial, the shorter time trials where you think he would do well. Um, but actually, he was in the back end of those GC favourites. Keep I talking, think. keep talking. <clears throat> I'm still scrolling um, through the results. <laughs> so actually... That's kind of nothing much has changed in the race regards to the GC races because they've actually just all clustered. 
themselves around each other. Yes. And Sharkman's probably going to have a minute on second place. Thibaut Pinot, one second faster than Nairo Quintana, 1941. Um, there you and, go. And Bardet, predictably enough, the, the, the weakest of the GC riders, because he often is. It's a simple fact. Probably the biggest disappointment in terms of, I don't know whether we still consider him to be a GC rider. Well, we don't anymore, I don't think. But we were. Was Julian Alaphilippe. Um, and because he was 30 seconds slower than mini Julian, Max Schachmann. Yeah. <laughs> the guy we keep comparing him to. Yeah. Although I, I do, I do, don't think that Alaphilippe's had his best form yet. No, clearly. Um, clearly. And he had a home advantage. So I think it, it probably, taken into account as a home advantage, he's actually even going a bit slower than that. So, yeah. I'm... I'm I've not really got much to say about it. It's a time trial. It's like it's just so hard to talk about. Why is it? Explain. Explain why it's hard to commentate. Why they're hard to commentate on. Baby. Well, you only see one rider at a time, and it chops and changes from start ramp to finish line to time check to random shots. Yeah, and you never really get a consistent flow. Kind of flow. A story. You can't tell a story. Um, often as well. You're having to do the kind of the begins and outs. So you might get in the flow, and all of a sudden somebody's coming to the finish line, and you're going to jump in and ruin it and talk about it. So kind of <laughs> 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 jump in and ruin it and tell the, tell the viewers what's happening. <laughs> there was a lot so. of irrelevance with the French coverage today, I thought, as well. There's a lot of endless helicopter shots of Nasser Bouani early on. And, you yeah. know, fine, okay, he's a big star in France. <laughs> But show him at the start ramp, and then if you understand cycling, maybe show him at the finish line. But yeah. there's absolutely no need to show him again. And no. and also, because of where we are in this race, there are some riders in the top 10 who are not GC riders. Um, and yet we were treated to long periods of Jasper Stove and Max yeah. Schmidt and Giacomo Nizzolo. And that's quite hard to commentate on when they're essentially not racing. With yeah. the exception of Nizzolo. Nizzolo was really going for it. That was impressive. But um, yeah. but yeah, they all, yeah, it was just a strange, strange discipline, isn't it? Time trialing. It really? is a strange. I mean, I obviously I love them; it's my speciality. But I didn't quite fathom kind of how incredibly hard they were to watch. Um, yeah. But yeah, there you go. It's done. Yeah. What else <laughs> is going on? <laughs> well, um, we could say he won. Oh yeah, yeah. Let's do that. Turn Kran Anderson. Yet another Dane. Um, some were going well actually we, we were talked about this in the commentary how some teams just uh, they set, tend to have it all nailed now be that through to the equipment they use the even the riders they sign perhaps they go for specialists but I think it's, you often see that that phenomenon where you've got the, the teams all grouping together and Sunweb certainly one of, was one of those teams today Askreen third but he's quick to Koenig yep. yep. Schachmann uh, yeah it's like a new generation of time trial riders uh, Sir Carl Anderson, of course, comes from one of those cycling families, a bit like the Alaphilippes. Um, his uh, older brother, Asbjorn, As As rides for uh, rides in the pro-continental ranks, pro-tour ranks. Is he actually, which team is he with now? I don't know. Scrap that. But their father, Henrik, runs the Middelfart Cycling Club in Denmark. And they have a sister, Ida, as well, who's also raced. So um, they're just steeped in it. And he's been, I think Sönkara Andersen's been threatening to win a time trial like that for quite some time. He actually gave an interview in which he suggested that, there we go, finally done it. Because he's felt cap eminently capable. And he also, I think he liked that, the way that... Yeah, he said he said that he um, he doesn't like the kind of the long straights. He likes uh, yeah. where it's pace changing and a bit more technical. And so today is the uh, was the perfect day for him to strike and get that win that he's been chasing. Yeah, 
I mean, he's had progressively better and better results. I first, he first really came to my attention uh, three years ago when he won, you know, the Green Mountain stage of the Tour of Oman. Oh yeah, which is a kind of what is it, an eight-kilometer climb? Yeah, it's hard. Not the not the best, you know, not the most high-caliber start list at the Tour of Oman, but nonetheless, it was a very impressive uh, ride, and he did beat Ben Howmans and Rui Costa on that particular occasion. And in the same year, he uh, finished in th- quite th- quite close, I think, in the in third position in the white jersey competition, the best young rider at Terreno Adriatico. And I did briefly wonder, because he sits in second place at 58 seconds in GC now, it crossed my mind to wonder whether or not he might try to finish on the podium. Why not? Well, I th- well he, he said he's going to be riding for it to support Tish Benot in the general classification. I see. Yeah, I, I mean... I, maybe he just knows that climb is too long for him. I, I pretty much expect him to be going in with co-leadership into it and let the climb decide, because mm. either way he's going to be there helping Tish Benot. I think they're going to be so similar on that, to, to be honest, that yeah. it's they just have to race it out. Well, Max Schachmann, we're seeing him on the podium now, and he's beaming from ear to ear because that was a big statement. I mean, he had an opportunity to put time into all his rivals, and he's done it probably to even greater effect than he might have imagined. He would have expected, I think, one of those rivals to have a really stellar day. You know, if not all, not all of them, but one of them just to sort of like produce a, a performance out of nowhere to really threaten him. And none of them really did. And he did I think more than, almost more than was expected of him today. Yeah, he did. I mean, it was a a great ride. And there it goes, 58 seconds onto second place and one minute, one second onto third place. So that's a great buffer. That's to two riders who cross Schadner, yeah, but he's a teammate. So teammates in third place. (coughs) Soren Krahansen isn't a big threat. Uh, So yeah, so it's got over a minute to the nearest Agita. Right, yeah. it's, it's the it's the Igita Quintana. I mean, Quintana you can take out of the equation now. He's already one fifty three down on GC. Yeah, he's out in in terms of GC. And Igita, best one in the world, over a minute to make up, limited opportunities to do it. Yeah, going to make some good racing. So they're going to have to go hard, go go long to try and get, get that time back. So it's going to make for a very hard race. Yes, um, indeed. Uh, stage just, four, just, isn't just it? let it go. Yeah, just let it just let it drift. Yeah. Let it drift. Yeah. We haven't paced ourselves particularly well on this podcast. No. Not a negative split, is it? <laughs> we went, went a bit deep. Yeah. A bit early. And now we're just losing time. <laughs> 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 Who was it? Dylan turns. We turns it. We turns it completely. He Dylan. Dylan yeah. turns it. Um, all right. Well, I've got an interview to play from an absolute uh, beast of a rider. He's been very eye-catching and he's one of the nicest guys um, I've ever met in the British domestic peloton. Cool. And anyone who's met him, uh, I think, would agree. Connor Swift has uh, barely been racing for Archaea Samsic for a year. He was picked up in May, formerly of Madison Genesis, of course, and the cousin of Ben Swift. He's arrived at his first World Tour stage race, Paris-Nice, that he wasn't even expecting to be racing. And the first thing that was said to him was, all right, you've got to look after Nairo Quintana, who is probably the most impressive rider on you know, and what limited racing we've had, he's been one of the stars of 2020, mm-hmm. and he's got huge ambitions and his new team to win the Tour de France. So that is quite a responsibility for Connor Swift. And um, at the end of stage three, after a long transfer down to Saint Amand Moron, Saint Amand Moron, yeah, horribly French, horrible, isn't it? Saint Amand 
moron. Um, I I rang him last night, and I uh, spoke to him, David. Hello, Connor. It's Ned. Hello. How are you? How do? Not too bad. You? I'm very, I'm very well. How are the legs? How are the legs? Uh, yeah, not too bad to be fair. Um, yeah, I'm feeling pretty, uh, pretty decent. What a race you've had, Connor! I have to say, it's been absolutely brilliant to watch. Um, it's been, <laughs> it's been great television, and you've been, you've been in the thick of it every single day, haven't you? Can you can you talk us through the first three days racing from your perspective? Uh, yeah. So obviously, I, I got called up to this race well two days before because <laughs> I was meant to uh, go to Italy and race Strade, Torino, Milan, San Remo, um, and then obviously they got called off. So uh, I got called up for this um, along with Buani and um, Dan McClay that replaced a few other riders that was meant to be uh, in this race. Um, and then, yeah, the the first stage, obviously, it was predicted for crosswinds. And my job was kind of to, you know, just be there, kind of protect um, Quintana and Bargill for, so that they didn't lose any time, really. Yeah. Obviously, the race, isn't, the race isn't won on the first day with the crosswinds, but you can definitely lose it. Um, and then, yeah, I, I made the, the, the front split with Quintana um, that broke off for a short section of the final bit of the first stage. And... That was that was pretty nice, you know, to be there and just uh, make that group. And I was in definitely in good com- company. Um, so, and then coming into the second the second day, uh, being yesterday, same again, crosswinds, etc. Um, and I kind of got given the role to kind of just stick with Quintana and uh, look after him. And Dan McClay then was with designated to Buani. Um, it was a it was a shame on the first day. Uh, Bargill getting pulled out of the race. Um, that's probably it'll uh, have a bit of an effect, obviously going into the final bit of the race. But um, yeah, that's a real shame for us. And then yeah, yesterday I, we was I was up there with Quintana, and unfortunately he had some bad luck yesterday and crashed. Um, so then it was kind of my job to you know wait for him and be in the group that uh, that yeah. that limited his losses. Basically, uh, I know. We was in the group with Alaphilippe, so it was nice to have Quick Step there as well. And just... that's right, yeah, they they got numbers back to look after Julian, <clears> didn't they? But um, Connor, yeah. we didn't. We only saw the cameras only picked up the immediate aftermath of Quintana's crash, um, and a couple of other riders went down with him, and it looked like it looked like he had a kind of um, a tear to the back of his um, his jackets, and it looked like he'd lost his glasses. So he might have yeah. kind of, it felt like he'd gone over his bars and maybe sort of banged his head as well. What what actually happened? Yeah, so uh, it was just kind of kicking off in the in the, in the front group uh, with the crosswinds, and um, we kind of got stuck a little bit on the left in the gutter, and that's that's a pretty bad place to be, and everyone's scutting around. And I think it was just a case of you know too many people trying to get shelter, and it was a cross of uh, cross of wheels. And I actually seen Quintana come down, and it I thought it was race over for him straight away because I shouted on the radio. He's crashed, etc. And I thought, God, that it, it looked pretty nasty. And then when I heard on the radio, um, Yvonne the DS telling me to hold up and wait for him, I was like, Boh, 
I couldn't believe that he was back on his bike so soon. Well, he, got his, uh, he got his brother's bike. He got Dyer's bike very quickly, didn't he? Which is yeah, that was right. Yeah, a frame yeah. size or two too big for him. I have to say. <laughs> but um, so you you actually were you behind him when he crashed, or were you just uh, inside? I, 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 I was just kind of at the side, and it yeah. was one of those where I just luckily missed missed it. Um, yep. Just swerved around it, sort of job, and um, yeah, but it, it didn't look nice at all. And he's he's came away with that with just just uh, a few cuts and bruises really so uh, yeah yeah, that was pretty lucky so you dropped back and did what you could to look after him and and, yeah as you say try and limit his losses on the day he's still just about in the race I'd have said Um, it's tough though isn't it to lose lose all that time in those circumstances given the the fantastic start he's had to the year as well yeah yeah it's a a real shame because obviously um, the time trial tomorrow, maybe that would have been the, the main objective to kind of limit his loss there and yeah. to 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 have uh, the day yesterday take that sort of hit on him with I think Pino's uh, now and Nibley's up there and they've got over a minute on him or something like that. So, um, but yeah, he's he is in fine form at the moment and uh, yeah, we'll see how it goes on the uh, the summit finish and I'm sure he'll be. Uh, He'll be up to uh, take it on. To, to, to prove a point or two or make a point. Um, so stage three, again, third day in a row where the wind hit the race. It was a slightly different wind, wasn't it, though? It was kind of cross headwind. Well, that's what it looked like on the telly for that final 20k. But that didn't stop it being full on for the last 20k of racing. Yeah, the, the day was kind of split into two, really. It was really chilled out, relaxed, you know, club, club run pace all day. Uh, I think after three hours or so, I looked down at the computer and it was like 33k an hour average. Yeah, so, uh, yeah. I'm not that keen on days like today. <laughs> but um, and then and then yeah, the the last the last, well, obviously the last 20k was really chaotic. But I think the last 50k leading up to that, it was still narrow roads and you could sense everyone was panicking yeah. um, and no one could really move up when they'd uh, lost a position as well. Yeah, and then in that in that in that final twenty k, yeah, it was just uh, everyone swarming round, trying to keep the position, trying to you know not not get caught out in the crosswinds or anything like that. So uh, yeah, it came pretty chaotic, and there was a fair few crashes as well. So I had to dodge dodge a few bombs. But you did, and and Quintana got through it okay. I mean, every time I I was looking for him, I saw him on your wheel pretty much the whole time. So it looked like you two were joined at the hip and in the right place uh, pretty much throughout. Yeah, yeah. Obviously, again today, the, the DS gave me the job to um, to uh, you know protect Quintana in, in that in that final bit and make sure he doesn't lose any time. Mm. Um, so, so yeah. Obviously, I, I, I tried my best and uh, yeah, I kept him in the front group. <laughs> Connor, it's um, I, I, I kind of commented on it. It's interesting to hear hear you say that you and Buani and McClay were actually down to do the Italian block of racing, which, which uh, that, that, that makes a lot of sense. And so that, that it's a bit of a kind of cobbled together team because you're, I suppose your stars in Buani and Quintana have been kind of bung together when that wasn't really planned. Um, mm. But it does seem, it just seems amazing. I know it's your second year on the team and actually Quintana and Buani have only just joined but it just seems amazing, uh, from my point of view, Connor, having watched you race for years, um, to see your name on that start list in that team. It, and, uh, and to be given that very, very specific role, looking after one of the greatest you know, stage racers of his generation and a superstar of the sport, um, and doing it, I have to say, as well as you've been doing, Connor, it is absolutely brilliant to watch. You must be, um, 
you must be really pleased with the way things have turned out. Yeah, it's it's pretty surreal since I've since I've joined this team. It's kind of been a bit of a whirlwind, and you know, I, I joined the team to kind of help help strengthen uh, Grapple's lead out, and he's one of the most renowned sprinters in the world. And I'm I'm not a renowned you know lead out man or anything like that. And to uh, to join the team under him, and then come into this year, you know, we've got for any cycling fan, you you know, Buani and Quintana are well known household names, and yeah, to be given the, the the job role to, you know, look after these guys. And yeah, it's, it, it's pretty crazy. And I've obviously not really got, this is my first World Tour stage race. Yeah, so I've not is, really got. So you've raced World and, Tour in one day races, haven't you? A couple of them last year. And um, but, yeah, I, but yeah, yeah, as you say, a stage race, a stage race in this kind of company is, is a whole different thing, isn't it? Yeah, it's. Um, I know. Obviously, like seven seven world tour teams aren't here, but um, it doesn't still feel a, like that when you quality at, field. Oh, mate, when you look at the peloton, it, it's weird how many. Yes, there are seven missing teams, but it's an apps partly because the Italian races have been cancelled. Everyone's come to Paris Nice, so mm, it's a yeah, star, it, it's yeah. a star-studded peloton, isn't it? So um, yeah, for sure. But Connor, um, do, do you? Uh, what's the communication like with you and Nairo? I mean, because <laughs> I've known Nairo for a bit, and as far as I'm aware. He might understand a bit of English. I don't think he speaks French. You might be able to correct me on that. Um, and I don't know, <laughs> I don't know how, how your languages are coming on. I mean, how does it work? Yeah, so um, he is he, he's learning French and he's, he's, he's really trying with that. And uh, at the moment, he can, you know, say a couple of things in French and understand a bit as well. And then uh, for for my side of things, I can, I can understand quite a lot of French now and kind of... Uh, respond with some sort of an answer um, <laughs> uh, but good, good yeah <laughs> but yeah he, he can't really speak any English and um, yep. he is majority Spanish so the real important thing is uh, having the DS here that's uh, Yvonne Ledenois yep. uh, he, he speaks English French and uh, Spanish so we get a we get a good trio on the radio and he's kind of the middleman for everyone <laughs> It seems to me that you're, I mean, you know, forget about the language side of it, which will, which will evolve, I'm sure. But your understanding on the bike with him seems to be natural. I mean, it just seems to have happened from day one, you know, and uh, that must have surprised you. But sometimes that happens, doesn't it, in cycling? You just click with a rider. Yeah, for sure. I mean, he's, I would say he's super good at knowing, you know, when to accelerate, when to make that effort. And obviously, if I'm in front of him, he'll he'll kind of tap me or say, Ale Connor or just say up and at that moment I'll go and make sure he's near the front or within the first 10 and just always kind of looking where he is and sort of things like that so um he he kind of you know guides me around and and that's not that's nice because obviously you were uh, it, it it takes the stress away from him you know having to make those efforts himself um so yeah it's it's kind of I'm kind of learning a bit from him as well so it's yeah it's nice I just look back at your results in your first year with Arkea Samsic and, and um, the one thing that struck me about them, and, and this isn't the case with every rider <clears throat> at all, is that uh, your your role, I mean, I don't, I don't know if you've had a leadership role in any of the races, really. I mean, some of the one-day races, I guess you found yourself in a position where you can go for the win. But um, nonetheless, you're finishing every race, whether it's a stage race or a one-day race, kind of 12th, 20th, 16th. You, you know what I mean so you yeah, are yeah. very very seldom that I think there's only two or three days in which you raced last year where you finished in the hundreds 
you know, kind of yeah. like out of. So, but that, I mean, that doesn't sound to me trivial. That sounds significant. It sounds to me like you are, you've had a good year behind you, solid, and you've been, you know, you've been doing your job and you've been in the races that you've been asked to be in. I mean, h- how do you feel it's gone for you last year and, and where do you think it's going to? Well, who knows what, how much racing you're going to get this year? That's in the lap of the gods. But you know, all other things being equal, where where do you see it going from here, Connor? Yeah, um, I think I think last year I got I joined the team and um, I got thrown into a, a lot of races because obviously they they looked at me and I joined the team in May and obviously I didn't have any many race days to my my name and I think I finished the season on 70, yeah. 70, <laughs> 70 something, including Camessas. So uh, and I only and I only started racing in uh, the back end of March in Tour Normandy for Madison. So yeah, um, but yeah, I mean, I, I, w- I went to every race. In in some races, I found myself in the situation where maybe I was the only guy left in the team. Yep. And uh, and yeah, I think it just came down to a bit of lack of experience in you know the not lack of experience, but just kind of being overwhelmed a little bit in the situation that I was in and didn't really you know try and compete you know, or envisioned myself like winning, winning the race or something like that. So mm. I think I've, I've reflected back on last year and, you know, looked at my results and I, I, I stay pretty consistent throughout the whole season. And I think if, well, when I get the opportunity for myself this season, it's it's a case of realising that, you know, I've got the ability now to, you know, fight for that 10th, 10th wheel coming into the final or I can, you know, tr- try and attack or, you know, actually... Um, you know, try and win a race. Uh, if I'm ever in a select group or something like that, I I, uh, I should take you know confidence in my ability and uh, yeah, just just if 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 that opportunity does arise this season, then just just grab it with both hands really and uh, you know roll the dice. Um, so yeah, no, it's hugely impressive, and you've got that you've got that really fantastic range of abilities, haven't you? You can. You know, like if you look at your track record in hard races like Yorkshire, you know, you're top 10 in GC and that kind of company, I think, I think I'm right in saying. And, you know, you're never mm-hmm. daunted by a, a tough parkour um, and you've got a fast finish. And, you know, so you're, you're really versatile, which can be a massive strength, but it can also, I guess, kind of muddy the picture for you slightly and make you sort of wonder <laughs> which bit of the race program or which bit of your skill set to focus on sometimes. Yeah, that's it, and I think that's when, you know, when it's. I think that's when I, when if I find myself in, the, you know, a small select group in the future, then, then, then they're they're my moments really that I need to, uh, you know, uh, yeah, like I said, just 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 take them on and and see how I go really, and not be afraid of, you know, who's in the group or anything like that. Um, but yeah, it is. I don't really have a, a speciality as it is, but I think. I do in Omloop and that was my first, you know, classic style race. I really enjoyed that um, last week. I think it was last week. Yeah, um, uh, yeah, I, yeah, it was, wasn't it? A week and a half ago. Yeah, yeah. I can't super, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Really, really enjoyed that race. And um, how'd you get on? Yeah, uh, I, I got dropped from. Obviously, there was the breakaway. That's right. The, yeah. the, the, I can't remember how many it was away. Ten guys. And then I was in that small select group of around 40 guys up, up yep. until the Mollenberg. Yes. And my legs kind of went there. But prior to that, I had to make a big big effort within a group of like eight guys to get back to the the front. So that kind of, that effort to get back to the front of the race kind of cost cost me there. Pulled, pulled the pin on your chances a bit. Yeah. 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 So, uh, but, but yeah, doing that race and, um, 
you know, you, you look at the top the top thirty guys have they've done numerous numerous editions, numerous classics, and it just just shows that experience is key in those sort of those sort of races. So for the future, I definitely think I would like to you know target the classics. I know I know a lot of people that 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 say oh they want to be a classics rider and that sort of thing, but no, I really would like to uh, to do that because if I find myself majority of the season, you know, helping out. A sprinter or potentially helping out a GC rider I think um the, the classics guys they really get their the, their chance at the beginning of the season and at, at the very end of the season um so yeah I think yeah for the future I would would really like to uh you know be a classic sort of guy and then kind of a domestic rider for majority of the season uh, which is a which is a, a very successful template to build a career on isn't it you, you just need to think of the likes of <clears throat> i don't know nicky terpster off the top of my head who you know has won monuments in 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 march and april and then you know invariably goes to the tour de france and does his bit as a, as a support rider in the flat for gc teams or takes his chances mm. in breakaways stuff like that so that's a it's a really valid valid way to build yeah. a career and um yeah no good on you um Let's assume. Let's assume for for a second that the Tour de France happens. I really hope it does, Connor. Yeah. Um, uh, you could. I mean, it, I don't know if you read it, but Naira Quintana gave an interview to the French media, singing your praises after stage one. Uh, <laughs> I don't know whether you're aware of that, but um, but he's he's said some lovely things about you, um, and you've obviously got a good relationship on the bike, and that could become very quickly as he gets to know the team as well as you getting to know him that could become a a big a big part in the, poss- the possibility you might be selected for the tour team has that crossed your mind uh not not just yet i, I think uh i'm gonna have to bloody learn some spanish aren't i <laughs> 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 french is hard enough <laughs> um yeah. uh no I, I mean well yeah that that would that would be absolutely amazing yeah, that um, yeah, that really is a dream, you know, to be able to race the biggest, uh, yeah, race there is, but real realistically, um, with one of one of the the greatest Grand Tour riders as well. Yeah, so yeah, it's pretty bonkers just kind of saying these sort of things. But um, well, I've kind of forced, yeah. I've pushed you into a corner there. So it's my <laughs> fault. You can blame me, Connor. But I mean, it, it, you know it. Anyway, whatever. Yeah, it's in the, the future's in the, it's not in your hands in the sense that you know. Yeah. But you, if you carry on showing, you know what, what you've shown over the first few days of Paris, I think there's going to be more and more talk about it. Um, what can I say? Carry on. It's uh, it's absolutely brilliant. Thanks for giving us the time as well. And, and just sort of behind the scenes, what what's it like for you guys? Are you still sharing rooms and all that sort of thing on, you know, with in this time of coronavirus and stuff? It must be weird being on the race a little bit, isn't it? Yeah, obviously now now the start and finishes there's barely any crowds there. Um, <laughs> yeah, but but apart from that, you you don't really notice don't, the difference. Well, yeah. notice the difference. Obviously, the the team doctors like uh, you know always checking up on the riders, making yeah. sure everyone's got a hand sanitizer in the pockets and things like that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, rooms wise, we are still sharing at who's, the minute. I'm who's you, who are you I'm, with? I'm 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 solo because. Uh, I was with Bargill and then he's obviously oh, okay. not at the race no more. And yeah. then I got put in with Dan McClay, but 
at the moment he's just got a bit of a he's had a bit of a stomach bud the past few days so uh, he's been put into a separate room so happy days Kevin. I am I'm happy solo <laughs> <laughs> explode your 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 luggage and shed it all over the room you can do what you like mate you can snore you can you know, just enjoy enjoy it and enjoy the rest yeah. of the race and what, what's the feeling I read some quotes from um, Jasper Steuben today saying 90% of the peloton don't actually think the race is going to finish in Nice I mean I, I don't suppose you're any more in the picture than the rest of us it's um rumors going around and stuff but but are you privy to any knowledge about w- what the feeling is about how long this race is going to go on for no not at all i mean right from the very start in the, the team meeting we got said that um you know that this this uh this race could kind of be pulled at any moment yeah that was kind of the feeling that we got so just basically race every day and make sure we uh <laughs> yeah make sure that our if if the race was to get cancelled that we're we're kind of up there on gc basically <laughs> yeah um so so yeah it's just kind of that's all we've been given and i know that there's uh updates each day and yeah so um but yeah apart from that there's there's not a huge deal of difference and in theory what what's next for you you're going to i mean you know assuming all the races happen are you off to flanders and roubaix and stuff or, or i don't know if your team's got an invite to either of those actually i should have checked um what, what's on the program yeah, not not Flanders, but um, yeah, the, the team's at Roubaix. So yeah, for yeah. me, it's it's um, oh, uh, Depan, I think Depan, yeah. uh, Skelde Prix, and another race, and then then yeah, it should be Roubaix. So it's um, wow, yeah, it, yeah, it's pretty pretty crazy that I'll be doing that race, and then I think I have a bit of a break afterwards, and. I've kind of got my first joint leadership role at Yorkshire, so uh, yeah, great. That would be great. Great, great. Well, it's good to see Connor. Um, keep up the good work, and thanks for giving us the time. And uh, yeah, I'll, I'll speak to you soon. Good luck with everything, Connor. Spot on. Thank you. Cheers. Cheers, mate. Thank you very much. No Any problem. <laughs> All right. Okay. Take care. I'll put that up. That will be in tomorrow's podcast. I'll send you a link on Twitter. Okay. Right. Cool. Cheers. Spot on. Thanks, mate. Catch you later. Cheers. You, bye. 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 gained from listening to that interview were two things David Miller mm-hmm. one is he's just a nice he's just a really nice bloke. he's a really nice guy isn't he really really yeah. nice guy um, but I knew that already what I learned was that um, the re- well what was really interesting he just opened a little bit of a window on that relationship between um, the, the, the bodyguard and the little GC guy in, in the kind of racing conditions they've been going through and what I found quite interesting was where he credited Quintana for good tactical sense oh, yeah. and, and good, yeah. you know, so, so that Quintana is, is much more of a part of that mm-hmm. than I'd imagined, actually. So Quintana's kind of calling the shots a bit like a derny on the track. Yeah, that was interesting because you, you, you kind of take it for granted that the, the little climate guy is just chasing Bossed around. around. Yeah, like, stay actually, on my wheel, I'll look after you. But in actually, fact, it's yeah. kind of the opposite, the opposite yeah, way. So in it's, but um, I don't know why we'd think differently. You kind of underestimate. He's such a great rider now in Quintana. He obviously knows what he's doing. So I guess it's, uh, it's actually for Connor Swift. It's, as he said, it's, 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 a, it's a privilege. Uh, although yeah. it's a bit of a burden as well, but he seems to be doing it really well. Yeah, and he, yeah. He's, he's targeting as his career develops, you know, uh, uh, turning into a classics racer. It's not a bad team to be doing it in. They're, they get an invitation to Paris-Roubaix, um, which is a big target for him. It'd be very interesting to see how he goes. Um, he got his first t- taste of action in the news plant. But you can really build a career like that, can't you? As he was yeah, describing, totally. you, can do, you can have your spring campaign where you get a leadership role as and when, and you can ride for yourself. 
and then and then it kind of flips and you go to the stage races whether it's the Vuelta or, 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 or the, the, the Tour de France and you, yeah. you have your bodyguard duty there so to be fair the majority of classics riders that's how they their season operates it's how their career operates they, they slip, slip between leadership and and then domestic captain roles the rest of the year so it's and the fact that he's embraced that and realising that now that's good and he's on the right team to do it because he's actually going to have a role two different roles clearly defined that he will get the opportunities to, to play so yeah. it's good yeah you're standing up like you you want to sort of like go. All right, okay. Well, that's the end of the podcast then. Isn't it? You go to the toilet. <laughs> See if I care. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.